This Phineas and Ferb podcast is not for children. There's a hundred and f- You say you're ready to go, and then you immediately take a drink of your water. Hydrate or dihydrate, baby. Welcome to the uh, seventh episode of Ferb Your Enthusiasm. Woo-woo! I am your host, uh, Phineas and Ferb expert, uh, who doesn't have a water bottle next to them, Zane Bendisi. And here is the Phineas to my Ferb, Phineas and Ferb virgin. Jaden Essie. Pardon me one second. I just got... Oh, of course, of course. How rude of me. So this is very... This is very exciting. This yes. Is, this is our first two-parter. Mm-hmm. The podcast is one part, but the episode is two parts. Yeah. And uh, we actually, we're not sure how long this episode is going to be. Those of you who are listening probably know because you see the, the timestamp. Yeah, but we who are speaking now, it's a mystery. Yeah, it's going to go as long as it goes. Uh, we, it might be longer than a regular episode and it might be shorter. Yeah, it's five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a real quickie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, real. Didn't real have a lot. To, yeah, and I just want to uh, just so people don't forget this, I want to reiterate that I, as much as I know everything that there is to know about Phineas and Ferb, I cannot stand this show. So the idea of there being a double length episode, it just it boils my blood. Really gets your goat. It gets my goat. Really pushes your buttons. It pushes my buttons, and I don't like my uh, buttons being pushed. What? <laughs> I, can't, I can't think of any other uh, terms of phrase. Um, yeah, really, really cracks your eggs. I, I don't cracks, know. Yeah, cracks my fu- my fucking eggs. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, uh, it was pretty exciting for me. This was a nice change of pace. It was very like, you know, I I I, I press play on the episode and I was thinking to myself, oh man, it's only got one name. That's weird. It must be an accident. And then no, it just never stopped. It very... Yeah, it just kept going. And yeah. uh, the see the problem with this with me is that. It, you get one segment as bad as it is it's only like 10 11 minutes mm-hmm. so like it's it's compacted hatred <laughs> but now i have to drag my hatred out to a full 22 minutes that's like yeah. a quarter of a feature length yeah you're stuck well, with actually it. more than a quarter because a feature length is like at least 90 minutes yeah uh, but you get what i'm saying well yeah. there are some children's movies that are 80 minutes long so so i don't know why i'm contradicting myself I don't know. It all evens out. It all evens out. It all somewhere. evens out. Yeah. It's five o'clock somewhere. But yes. So remind me, what's the name of this episode? It's about time. It's about time. Thank you. Yes. And uh, for our brief little synopsis, in about time, uh, Phineas and co, including both his parents and Candace, go to the museum where it's, uh, I assume, a museum of natural history. It's called the um, Natural History Museum. Well, shit, there's your answer. It goes to show how much I observed. Um, but yes, yeah. the Museum of Natural History, they're looking through fossils and whatnot. Phineas and Ferb come across the time machine and they decide to repair it. Um, then what follows are some time traveling shenanigans and uh, some dinosaurs. Yeah, and I will point out that uh, before we started recording, uh, Jaden and I were comparing the length of notes that we've taken. Yeah. Uh, which you do uh, obviously as a podcaster and yeah. uh and uh Jaden took nine notes and i, I took did. 21 so yes. so we know who's doing the real research here oh wow so okay we know who knows that it's called the museum of natural history it's the first thing that you see 
is the outs uh, the exterior of the museum and it says the yes, museum well, of i was history. just enthralled with the clouds okay they're light and fluffy yeah, yeah. just like your brain whoa ah, you wound me oh my okay well you know what let's get into this you you 21 note person you let's let's unpack this yeah well what's your what's your first note here my first note is Jaden's an idiot okay well my first note is why is there a skeleton of a farmer that was an old dog that was my first note too okay i paid attention to something (laughs) to explain uh they mention uh like that the a lot of the bones are that are in the museum are dug up from like around the area and phineas sees a skeleton of what appears to be a dog with a name tag uh Mm -hmm. and says like oh didn't we have a dog by that name that went to live in the farmer uh left went to live with uh on the farm with that farmer whose name i didn't write down uh shows what i know uh and then And then they're like, oh, don't mind that. Let's just go over here. And then there's a skeleton of a farmer. And it's like, okay, we're just going to move on. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. His father's like, yeah, who wants a smoothie? <laughs> yeah, who wants a smoothie? Uh, so here's the thing. First of all, the dog has a name tag on it. And the name tag is written in English, which uh-huh. means that these paleontologists or whoever they are uh, that, that were unearthing this dog, clearly a dog with a name tag in English, thought that this was some sort of prehistoric creature. I know. What kind of paleontologists are we dealing with here? Yeah. And then I mean, the, the kind of paleontologists you'd find in the tri-state area in the southwestern section of the United States. Exactly. <laughs> the landlocked. Uh, the landlocked ocean, ocean tri-state view. area that has beachfront property. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then secondly, the fact that they, they found a farmer and his body decayed, but the clothes stayed intact. The overalls oh, yes, the hat, and the hat. That's right. Yeah. The hat and the overalls stayed intact. Yeah. Very yeah. suspicious. Wrangler jeans. They're not going anywhere. <laughs> Do they make overalls Wrangler? I have no idea. We should I look it up. Wondrous. I'm looking it up. We're looking it up right now. Uh, okay. This is because we got to pad out this episode somehow. Well, uh, while you look it up, I have something else to add about the tri-state area too. They make a comment saying that the first uh, dinosaur footprints found in North America or in the museum, which if they were in the literal tri-state area, that's a legit thing. The first dinosaur footprints were found in Connecticut. Yes. And so I really think they're appropriating our tri-state area, you know, lesser New England culture. (laughs) Absolutely. I would say so. By the way, I just looked it up. So Wranglers have uh, zip front denim jumpsuits, uh, denim boiler jumpsuits, and denim skirtles, but no overalls wait, which what, i find very strange wait what's a boiler uh i don't know it kind of looks just looks like a jumpsuit to me like i don't know what this the, the what makes it a boy let me look that up okay <laughs> again we got to pad out this episode somehow yeah yeah well when you while you continue searching for the pad uh padding uh so they they disembark from uh the skeleton wearing the overalls uh questionable whether or not they're regulars um you know Phineas and Ferb discover a time machine uh and they realize also that Perry has disappeared which is pretty typical for this which show, is pretty I typical say. they say hey where's Perry Perry's gone for those of you wondering a boiler suit is uh less tight fitting than a jumpsuit that's that's the oh, only main difference. I see so more room for activity I see yeah. Sadie if you're listening that joke's for you but continuing on 
we can't call <laughs> people out on this podcast. You're right, That's I can't. But it's, like, it's called fan interaction. This is for the masses. We can't look for the little people. We're not looking for the, oh yes, but like this is what encourages more listeners because they're like, oh man, if I interact with the podcasters, then maybe, you know, I'll be called out. It gives, it gives the, the viewer and listener incentive. Eventually we'll figure out a way to live stream this podcast so we yeah. can uh, react uh, to, your, to your many comments that you have. Yes, and eventually we'll break double digits in listeners. Yes, eventually um, we will break double digits in listeners. Yeah, which is exciting. It's a, it's a must. But um, yes, so Perry. Uh, Perry, yes. I wanted to talk down about to his secret hideaway. Before that. Oh, yeah. He, the way that he gets to his hideout this episode is he goes into a photo booth, which oh. then takes photos of him putting on his hat. Yeah. Which is very incriminating. Mm-hmm. Um, that that seems like a bad place because if you're taking photos of the secret agent activity, yeah, not so secret. Yeah, that's uh, that's it's counter spycraft. That's it's uh, pretty close to sabotage, espionage, self sabotage. Yeah, self self sabotage. Yes, thank you. <laughs> there, there we go. That's what I was looking for. All right. Uh, uh, you know, remember, I took nine notes. So Perry <laughs> Perry shoots on down to a secret hideaway. And uh, Major Monogram seems to be frozen upon the screen. And it's quite an interesting circumstance. I mean, I'm having some, like, you know, me and my Zoom traumatized self, I was like, oh, man, this reminds me of, you know, every day when I'm in class. But no, Major Monogram was literally frozen. Physically, his body literally was frozen. frozen. And who do yeah. we see? Who, do, who comes into his place? Intern Carl. Intern Carl. One of oh the many gosh. legends of Phineas and Ferb. Uh, some... Some say the most important character of Phineas and Ferb. Really? I feel like I've said that about a couple of characters at this point, but yes, Carl, but I feel like Carl the, the intern yeah. is the key to everything. The look on your face says that there is just, uh, Carl will have a payoff. There is a lot of payoff to Carl the intern. Uh, okay, good. One of the arcs of the series that's very satisfying. Um, good. It's good but, to know. One thing that's interesting about Carl is that if you if you look at a photo of the the, the man who voices Carl, mm-hmm. he's literally just a hotter version of Carl the intern. Like he has, <laughs> he, has, he has red hair and freckles, but he's that's like so more funny. more dreamy looking. Um, oh my gosh! So all of you at home, yeah, look up. I don't even know his name. Look up the voice actor for Carl, and and you'll see what I mean. They they really typecast. Uh, you want a good time? Google Carl. <laughs> Google Carl the intern, real quick. Carl the intern for a good time. Um, but yeah, no, interesting. I like, I didn't expect that, if that makes sense. Like, I didn't, I didn't expect Carl to look like Carl the way he did. Uh, one of a kind. Yeah, might as well be you know a grown up Carl from uh, Jimmy Neutron. Um, That's true. He could have voices, lost weight. Yeah, lost weight. Voices dropped. Puberty was hit. I mean, his voice didn't drop that much. He's, he's still kind of squeaky. Oh, yeah. It's more, major monogram. Yeah, major of, monogram. Major monogram. You're parked here illegally. That, that was more like Carl Weezer. Yeah, but no, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like he, he's grown up a little bit. So the voice doesn't change too much, but puberty did hit. Um, but yeah, so anyways, major monogram is frozen. Mind you, we never, there is no resolve to that. There's no resolve. There's also no explanation for it either. No, there is an explanation for it. Uh, you just missed it because you only took nine notes. No, um, but I, I assume it's Doofenshmirtz contraption, but we yeah, never talked he about... He made a Freezenator. 
He did. He made the Freezinator, but yeah. I never heard any reference that he froze Monogram himself. Well, I guess they don't confirm it, but you got to use your own. It's subtext, you uh, idiot. I see. I'm sorry I keep calling you an idiot. Yeah, uh, well, it's fine. You're not sorry. I'm really not sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's okay. Look, we have an hour podcast to fill, and we only have one episode this time around. You got to take more notes, man. What what was that about? If it's short, it's short. Yeah, that's right. Okay. You said that. I did. Well, I said that over text, so yeah. I was hoping that that wouldn't come up, but I guess yeah. it did. Well, it did. It Just did. like I was hoping the nine notes wouldn't come up, but is it this going to be the episode that ends for your enthusiasm? Oh, the slow descent right now. <laughs> I mean, it's called "It's About Time." <laughs> it's about time, you yeah. idiot. No, yeah. you just so call me I mean, an idiot. No, no, I'm. I was mimicking you. Did you just? call me an idiot sure okay uh <laughs> so now phineas and ferb are destroying the fabrics of time uh yeah. what what's next for them really you are exactly. like you are not only are you destroying the fabrics of time you're also vandalizing a museum exhibit like yeah. they just decided like hey let's commit vandalism today let's just like take this old in uh, inoperable time machine and fix it Imagine if someone went to like an Andy Warhol exhibit and put soup in the cans. Like, how, how do you think? <laughs> how do you think they would feel? <laughs> that would be know. outrageous. I don't know. Um, but I mean, good. Like, you know, much to their like, kudos to them. They did fix it. They fixed the time machine. That, well, yeah, um, okay. They did. They did create a working time machine. Yeah. So um, that's that's pretty cool. But um, before before they fixed the time machine, Candace was walking around trying to get her mom's attention. She had proof, this little light bulb that was an intricate part of the time machine. And um, while she was looking around for her mom, who did she find? Who was working oh at the museum? <laughs> this, this guy works so many shifts. This guy Jeremy, works everywhere. Jeremy, Jeremy. I don't know his last name. Uh, I don't think I don't think anyone does. I'm sure he has one, uh, but. But yeah, Jeremy is—he was working at Mount Rushmore. He yeah. was working at the mall. He working in a forest burger stand. Working in a forest burger stand. Yeah. And and now he's working at a museum, and not not even at the food court of the museum. He is no. like dead in the center of the museum. Like there the are exhibits all around him. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I can't believe it. I mean, I, as much as I don't like this show, you got to give respect for. Well, really, it's more of a byproduct of capitalism uh that this that this kid has to work like seven seven shifts all he's on different parts the of the country he's putting in the work he's gonna buy himself a nice toyota corolla eventually but yeah. um <laughs> damn that thing's gonna have airbags oh yeah um but anyways i feel bad for jeremy too because again another episode of of being harassed um almost by uh, simp of the year candace i mean you know in her defense she kept being warped back to that place yeah. because of the time machine the time anomalies really made her like more embarrassing yeah yeah but i that's you know that's time you can't fight with time <sighs> that's time but yeah but anyways, I, I felt bad for Jeremy because he even voiced his concern. It's like, Candace, you're creeping me out. And I was like, dude, why didn't you say that last episode or the episode before uh, that? Or how about the episode before that? The, um, any episode. Like, I, yeah. I I have some bad news for you. What? Um, 
Candace and Jeremy do end up together. No. Yeah. Are you telling me that Jeremy becomes a reverse simp for Candace? I don't think it's called reverse simp when you start dating someone. Would it that, just be that mutual likes simping? You. No, I think it's just called a relationship. Nah, I don't know about that. Um, um, so you, you can simp with inside of a relationship, I feel like. I, I guess. I'm yeah. not a simp expert. But also reverse simping would I think being is just unattracted to a person. Yeah, just not being attracted to someone like being repulsed by someone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if he was reverse simping, it would have been like, do you smell that? And Candace is like, no, what are you talking about? And he's like, oh, I think it's you. Ooh. Goodbye. I would hate to hear that. Yeah, <laughs> but reverse simping for you. Yeah, that's but, reverse simping. Um, anyway, hmm, padding. Um, so anyway. Unless he was saying that like, like, ooh, it smells like you. Like in a oh good way. God. Yeah, there's a lot of ways that could go. It's all uh, subtext. Yeah, ooh, it smells like you. Welcome to my food stand. Um, so anyways, Candace, Candace runs away. Long story short, Phineas and Ferb, they get, uh, they get the missing piece of the time machine. And what do they do? They travel back in time. Travel back in time. Who would have guessed? I wanted to bring up something that we haven't talked about in earlier episodes. Yeah. Isabella. Yeah. Who's also a simp. Yeah. Uh, she is part of the Fireside Girls. Yes. But every time that we see the Fireside Girls and her, she's not wearing the uniform. I'm so happy you mentioned this because you want to know who sat down with me to watch an episode today? My mother. Do you want to know how many episodes of Phineas and Ferb that she's seen? Zero. Do you want to know the Good. first thing she said while watching the episode? How come she's not wearing a uniform? <laughs> Exactly. Jaden's mother has more sense than Jaden. Uh, <laughs> Andrew, we haven't talked about it yet. Okay. Um, yeah, we haven't talked about it We're yet. We're in this together. It's very strange. It's very yeah. odd that she would not be wearing the uniform. And she, especially since she seems to be the leader of the Fireside Girls. Yeah. Um, like maybe the patrol leader. I don't know how Fireside... It's not a real organization. Um, but yeah, you would think that she would be wearing the uniform at least once. Mm-hmm. but i don't think yeah. we've seen her wear it once i, I feel like we have you know what a beret. we've definitely seen her wearing a beret at one point we might have seen her wearing a beret i think it might have been during um she has the flat head for a beret yeah that is so it wouldn't you know wouldn't fall off easily wouldn't but um I, I oh i feel like it was in um uh the fast and furious I was thinking um, that too. I, I think she might have been wearing that when they were the pit stop crew. Yeah, I think she was wearing her her uniform then. Right. But um, yeah. Why? Where was it today? Who knows? Like, yeah, yeah. Are this we won't recognize a character who's consistently shown up in every single episode with Hi Phineas? Which actually, what, what, you, you, doing? what you doing? Yeah, yeah. It's her catchphrase. Yeah. Um, yeah. And actually, didn't correct me if i'm right didn't someone come in and say what you're doing in this episode yeah i'm pretty sure it was isabel well someone else said it oh really oh maybe i was just watching a clip of phineas and ferb on youtube uh out of hatred i have to (laughs) (laughs) didn't get your hatred fixed from just one episode yeah i had to i had to watch (laughs) you had to watch more (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know how you like hate watch something and you get like stuck in a (laughs) Yeah, and then you just gotta hate watch it more. You just gotta hate watch everything. Yeah. Uh, but they time travel. They time travel. To the uh to prehistoric age, to the land before time, to dinosaurs. 
and some yeah. other questionable critters that I've never seen before. But I have a few more notes before we get into the time. Before we, oh, then let's time yes. travel back. So, aha, <laughs> uh-huh, thank you. Uh, so back back to Perry, just uh, briefly. This is the second time now that he's wearing a scuba suit yeah. when he is a semi-aquatic egg-laying mammal action. Yeah. Uh, who did, would not need a scuba suit and an oxygen tank. Maybe it's the chlorine, though, in the pool. You know? See, I don't know. I don't think platypuses would fall subject to being poisoned by chlorine. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll give you that one. Um, that was just a little thing. Uh, and then let's talk about Candace gets kicked out of the, the uh, I almost called it the zoo. The uh, Oh, the museum. The museum. That's yeah, it. the zoo for dead things. Yeah, the zoo for dead things. Very boring zoo. Uh, <laughs> some some people consider museums to just be boring zoos. Yeah, they only have one dog on display. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Must have been a shit zoo. <laughs> okay, I'll see this. Okay. Um, but she gets kicked out, and she talks to this other boy who's also been kicked out. Interesting thing about this boy, he got kicked out for stealing a pterodactyl, and. The way that we know this is that he, the pterodactyl is with him, which means that they kicked him out for stealing the pterodactyl, but let him keep the pterodactyl. They must have figured it really wasn't a great, yeah, it really wasn't yeah. a great museum anyways. Why would they let him keep the pterodactyl? Who knows? I I'm don't asking know. you. I'm like, asking you. Well, I, you're asking me? Yeah, I'm okay, asking well, you. Let's think about this reasonably. Like, you know, like, they must have been thinking like, wow, if this kid could really get the, you know, this pterodactyl outside, how could we hope to bring it in? You know, I guess they're just lazy. They're like, yeah, we don't want to deal with this. We're just going to kick you out. Take it with you. Who cares? Yeah. It's yeah. Just Wait. A- <laughs> but hold on. Hold on. This is also the same kid. This kid might be a genius because both he and Candace are kicked out and his master plan to get back inside involves stealth and like strategic <laughs> okay. execution. And very true, yeah, yeah, which turns into him just screaming inside the museum, which means that he had to sneak in to to. be a distraction so Candace could sneak back in. Did a lot for maybe he's simping for Candace, maybe he is. Does he ever come back? Do we ever see this kid again? It just occurred to me that, like, I wonder how much of our audience has heard of the phrase simp. And if they're just wondering, like, what what the hell are these two people talking about? I don't know, but you know what? That's your homework. That's your Kids. homework. Look it up. Homework. Look up the word simp. We're S-I-M-P. not going to say it for you. Lazy. No. Yeah. I may only take nine notes and I may be an idiot, but at least I know what a simp is. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> moving on. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about uh, Perry for a little more, a little bit yeah, more time. I would love to. I would love to. Um. So this is a very uh tragic episode mm-hmm. um it turns out that dr doofenshmirtz has found a new nemesis dr doofenshmirtz has been seeing somebody else he's been seeing somebody else behind perry's pack yeah uh a panda named peter peter the panda peter the panda also- and they <laughs> met this is what was interesting to me let's see if i get this right uh they met at an evil genius expo in Seattle. Yes. Let's break that down. Let's break that down. <laughs> there is an expo in Seattle for evil geniuses. Mm-hmm. And 
for whatever reason, this secret agent was attending this expo. Do we think that perhaps Peter the Panda is not all that he seems? Are you suggesting that he's a double agent? It's possible. Oh my goodness. Well, yeah. Maybe he was just there in disguise though to infiltrate the expo. I mean, he, he could have just been a regular panda that put a hat on. That's also true. He was very small, I have to say. About the size of Perry. Yeah. So he must I, be I young. I would also like to note how Doofenshmirtz hid uh, Peter the panda um, when oh, Perry yeah. came in. He hid him in a closet. <laughs> and that's all I wanted to share. There's definitely a lot that you can interpret from that. Uh, yeah. But I won't. Yeah. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Um, yeah. So Perry gets very sad and the song starts playing. And uh, mm-hmm. if those of you have been listening to all of the episodes, thank you, first of all. Yeah, um, and secondly, um, you might remember that uh, in the Swinter episode, Jaden pointed out that the song sounds very similar to a song from Frozen. Mm-hmm. Uh Namely, it's In Summer from Frozen. In this episode, there's a song that's playing while Perry is remembering all of his times with Doofenshmirtz that sounds suspiciously like the song from Toy Story 2 when she was there. Do you remember? Do you know what I'm talking about? Wait, wait, wait. Sing it for me. Sing it for me. God. (laughs) Give me the tune. When somebody loved me. Oh my God! Wait, wait you're yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa! It's like the same song. What? And this huh. one, this this episode came out after Toy, after Story, Toy 2. Story Two. Yeah. So, so in this case, this is the song that's that's committing the plagiarism. Oh my goodness! Well, you know what? When somebody loves you, you you can commit heinous crimes. <laughs> what? Everything was beautiful. I was saying the lyric. <laughs> Everything was beautiful. It's, uh, when she loved me by Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah. Oh, good times. Good but, um, yeah, super sad. I mean, like, also, like, uh, kudos to like Doofenshmirtz. Like, I, I was about to say kudos to Doofenshmirtz for trying to break it off clean, but nah, fuck no, that. What are you talking about? Was cheating on Perry so blatantly, and then in like the ultimate act of betrayal he asks Peter to get some soda and Peter comes back with two sodas. Yes. And they don't, they're like, Oh, I would give you one to you, Perry, but uh, I, I think it's better if you just leave. We just have a clean break. We yeah. just have a clean break. Yes. What? A, what they, a, like, shoes him out the front door. What, what a piece of crap. I know. What an yeah, asshole. I said it. I said it. Yeah, I know. But, I'm backing you up on this. He's a piece of crap. I thought Doofenshmirtz was the protagonist a of this entire A piece of freaking series. crap. I might be wrong. A piece of crap. Yeah, come on, no. say it again. A piece I'm of not, crap. I'm not going to say it again. I don't. I, we will exceed our uh, limit. Oh, we have a limit. Yeah, we have a limit. Okay, we must now. We must now enter the phase of constipation. We'll get charged. Crap. We'll lose our sponsors that we don't have. Oh, uh, hey Disney. Hey Disney. Um, <laughs> anyways. Um, yeah, so so Perry goes through. He has a super sad montage set to uh, "Somebody Loves Me" um, from Toy Story Two, and uh, he hangs up his hat. He he's leaving this life behind him. It's super sad. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. The, 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 uh, the industry, the, the service really lost a valuable member. And I will point out there's, there is some pretty drastic contrast between Perry's song about remembering Doofenshmirtz and Doofenshmirtz's song about remembering Perry, because Perry's song is like a sad, slow song. Doofenshmirtz's song is like from like the 1960s. It yeah. sounds like it's by like the monkeys. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I, I don't know what that means exactly. I'm, look, I, I'm just a Phineas and Ferb expert, not a Phineas and Ferb analyst. Uh, <laughs> but okay. there's clearly something there. There's, there's some, something interesting about the way that both characters look at each other. Yeah. Um, I think Perry, you know, in a sense, when you develop such an intricate relationship with someone, whether it's positive or, or negative, and, you know, Doofenshmirtz is an evil genius, therefore evil. Uh, Perry is an agent of good. He's a secret agent who foils these plans, but still there's a, there's a relationship there. There's an understanding between the two. There's a subconscious silent communication between them and doofenspurts really betrayed him there really betrayed him so without it's one of those situations what's what's you know an oreo you have the cookie and the cream what's one without the other uh well the cream is delicious the cookie is worse but exactly um, yeah i'm glad that we can agree on that yeah 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 yeah. the cream is the best team cream but you know what is perry without doofenspurts he's really just a platypus and what's doofenspurts yeah. without perry a sad father who in is a lab by his daughter <laughs> and, and, a an lab and a lab coat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, with his Googleberry cake. Um, but yeah. And his sad childhood. Sad, sad childhood. And it, parents that didn't show up to his own birth. Parents that didn't show up to his own birth and then made him dress as a gnome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah. trust me, it only gets worse in future episodes. Oh, good. I can't wait. Um, um so this is a little detail, but mm-hmm. something that I wanted to point out because I thought it was fascinating. Yeah. Uh, at some point in the museum, in the background, there is a full-sized Gigantopithecus. Uh, pardon me? Gigantopithecus. A what? It's a big monkey. <laughs> it's, it's, it's one monkey? of... Yes, uh, it's it's one of the uh, I learned about this in the anthropology class. It's 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 uh, in the same uh, phylogeny as uh, humans as Homo erectus. Uh, Interesting. And um, they apparently have one, even though it's this extinct species that the only they only have like skulls and fragments of. The, this museum has like a stuffed Gigantopithecus, which I think I I would say might be fraudulent well oh my goodness where did that young come from well we do know archaeology has had some mistakes in the past uh what is it the bronchiosaurus doesn't even exist because it was made up of three different actual like the the fossils they thought belonged to the same skeleton belonged to three different dinosaurs so the bronchiosaurus doesn't actually exist um some other long-necked dinosaur does though uh okay i'm not i'm i don't know much about dinosaurs yeah, uh, I haven't been to a natural history mu- history museum in a while. Um, oh yeah, okay. But I at least know that they're called natural history museums. Yeah. Okay. Well, see, even though I didn't see the sign, I used context clues. Okay. Okay. I may enough. only have nine notes, but I have three fourths of a brain. 
And that, ladies and gentlemen, and, and all of our friends, was another one of those engineered pauses for you to take a second. That little, <laughs> a little yeah, that's why I was, I was trying to think of something to respond. <laughs> uh, take a second, take a pause, get some water, stretch your legs, use the bathroom, get some We've delayed it long enough. Yeah. Uh, let's get to the actual time travel aspect. Yeah, that of was this. a hell of a lot of padding. It, was a, we, it took a while to get there, but I we're hope here our now. listeners are proud. I mean, I think that effort. was time well spent. Yeah, of course it was. That was a time I joke. Never said pad was a bad thing. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the butterfly effect. Yeah. The amount of changes to nature that Phineas and Ferb make and and Candace make in the time that they are in in the prehistoric times mm-hmm. is insane. Yeah. They could have completely set evolution in reverse. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like terrifying to watch. They're like yeah. interacting with dinosaurs. They're like r- running over fossils with scooters. They're using right... turtles as helmets. Yeah, Animal using cruelty. turtles. As, using turtles as helmets. What I want to get to in a little bit. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, they're writing in English in, in fossils or yeah. future fossils and having it show up in the museum. Yeah, having it show up in the museum. That was kind of a fun narrative plot, but still. I mean, like, it's a yeah, it's a fun idea, but it's again, it's what kind despicable. of message is sending to the children? Yeah, you know, it's, it's like, let's say some heinous. other children find themselves in a museum and they use a time machine and bam, they're in a prehistoric age. What are they going to do? They're going to say, I watched Phineas and Ferb. I can do this. And they're going to destroy the timeline. Yeah. They're going to destroy our timeline. Yeah. And our timeline is, is the prime timeline. Yeah. It's not the dark timeline. There's not evil yeah. Jaden and evil Zane out there. There's, yeah. There's no evil Jaden and evil Zane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We need to I mean, you already have happen. a goatee, so you're kind of there already. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. So maybe this isn't, maybe this isn't the prime timeline. Maybe this isn't the evil timeline. We're like timeline two. God, can you imagine? I'm imagining it right now. I know. Wait, what do you imagine? By imagining it, are we creating another timeline? No, because I think we have to. I think we have to. I think we have to produce a circumstance where two realities could be. Uh, uh, you know, like derivatives, you know, like we have to produce something that can spawn two realities. Wow, that's boring. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, okay. Turtles. Let's talk about the turtles as helmets. Yeah. Turtles as helmets. We're going to get to this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We got to this. We're here. Very impractical. For, uh, bad for the turtles. For yeah. Because sure. if something happens to those turtles, those helmets are not like tur- turtle shells are not. They're hard, but they're not like they're not high impact. Yeah, they're not high impact, and also the turtles' heads are still exposed. Yeah, exactly, and the um, tails and legs, and the tails and legs, mm-hmm. which you would think that they would just go back in in this high stress environment, but I guess not. These are yeah. prehistoric turtles. Maybe they're the ones that didn't evolve. Yeah, um, <laughs> they did not survive evolution. <laughs> they did not survive <laughs> natural selection. Uh, weeded them out. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Because they're being used as helmets by cavemen. Be gone, thought. But yes, yeah, they're using turtles as helmets, speeding down on a scooter, destroying the environment, you know, ripples and ripples through time. Yeah. Uh, in order to catch up to Candace, who actually came with them. We forgot to mention that. Yes, Candace. Candace, in an effort to bust Phineas and Ferb, accidentally traveled through time with them. Because and, of course uh, she did. Yeah, because, you know, what a, she's just so extra. Oh my God. So you might be thinking at this point, if you have not seen the episode, how are Phineas and Ferb and Candace going to get out of this? Because the time machine was destroyed. Yeah, it was by the foot of a gigantic Tyrannosaurus Rex. Yeah. 
Um, well, lucky for them, they find the fossil that, or the, the footprints that, that was a fossil at the museum. So yes, they write yes, the have, first footprint, have, the first dinosaur footprint discovered in North America. Yeah. And they write, uh, Phineas and Ferb, uh, Candace need help. Please send help. Uh, and luckily Isabella and the fireside girls see it. And guess what? In their handbooks, they have instructions on how to build a time machine. Hey, you know, be prepared. Which begs the question, why was there an inactive time machine in a museum if, if the answers to time travel are inside of 10-year-old girls' handbooks? Who knows? You know, it, it's perhaps it's all theoretical, theoretical conjecture. And the fact that they've actually now proven that time travel exists, maybe the theoretical conjecture has been proven to be true. You know, but if you have the theoretical conjecture and you have a prototype of a time machine that can easily be modified, why was nobody sooner like, hey, hold on a second. Can't we make a time machine? These little girls are have like all of the means to make a time machine. That's true. That's actually a good point. Where did all where did all this scrap metal come from that they used to build the time machine? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because they don't. Yeah, they have to rebuild it from scratch, and Pothole? it looks exactly like so. the time machine mm -hmm. that was at the museum. Oh, they're yeah, going, that they're going off of Phineas's blueprints. Sorry, that actually. So that actually, that, they do explain that. That gets into some really dangerous territory. Uh, dangerous territory regarding time travel too, though, because you you bring yourself into a situation where by making another time machine, it's a situation where it's kind of like, you know, it's like it's like the cat in the box. You know, it's like it is always like the reality inside the, the box. We, yeah, yeah, we may not see it, but it, it's always constant. It is always alive. It's always dead. So the time machine, in a sense, is always built. Like uh, it's 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 well, like yeah, where, where does the cycle time. begin? Yeah. The yeah. Truth is, yeah, they. There's a whole bunch of issues about time travel, which I'm not going to get into. Uh, we could be here all day. It's another podcast, or will we? Or will we? That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so what happens is that they make the time machine, and yep. then they they uh, try to activate it, mm -hmm. and then ties come out of it, like bow ties, yeah. neckties, and then they look at the blueprint that says tie machine. Because they forgot to put the M. Yeah, they this didn't forget to. Phineas, Phineas forgot, forgot to. to put the M. Son of a bitch. This is preposterous. Yeah. It would not, that would not happen. You wouldn't like, just because you misspelled it, wouldn't suddenly it wouldn't change affect its function. The yeah. Yeah. Ridiculous. Wait, that's a good, I didn't catch that at first. I was sitting on the couch thinking to myself, haha, time machine. I didn't catch that. Oh, you, well, of course, because you're stupid. Yeah, um, I only wrote nine notes. Fine. Yeah, sure. Yeah um you know what fine say whatever you want because i'm rubber and you're glue things bounce off me and stick to you so suck on that i will suck on that <laughs> let's let's talk about phineas and uh, let's talk about perry the platypus <laughs> you turned my one comeback against me <laughs> yeah you don't know me <laughs> yeah okay perry the platypus uh so uh, what did I have here? Uh, so when Doofenshmirtz is reminiscing, yeah, he, he thinks back on uh, the first time that him, him and Perry met, mm -hmm. and then he goes through like all of their their uh, uh, highlights, misadventures, highlights, yeah, which is yeah. mainly just Doofenshmirtz being punched in the face by Perry, every mostly him time. being punched by Perry. But one of yeah. the things in there that was interesting to me is he has a man 
in a tuxedo strapped to a, a bench or not bench uh yeah, table who is this man who is this handsome who spy this handsome spy but the, the the cheery music in the background is not going to deter me from the fact that Doofenshmirtz is trying to kill a man. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, I get that he's an evil genius. That kind of comes to being evil, but like... Yeah, but that doesn't seem like a very smart thing to do because then you're a murderer. Then you're a murderer. You got to deal with the law, just like yeah, everyone none of, else. None of other Doofenshmirtz's plans have involved I mean, murder. He has involuntarily killed a lot of people. Definitely with that robot and stuff. But with like, the robot and the blimp that crashes into the crowd of children. Oh, the humanity. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Jaden's great historical reference. Yes. Um, um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he's reminiscing. He's reminiscing. Um, and then he goes on a show, uh, like a Dr. Phil type show um, where uh just fucking hilarious mind you yeah <laughs> um but what's interesting to me is that perry isn't wearing his hat but dr no. dubenschmidt still recognizes him oh that's true yeah another thing i didn't catch too because it's like he he's just standing before him typically in other episodes and he's like what are you a platypus and then he puts on the fedora perry the platypus exactly but in this episode perry is not wearing his hat and dubenschmidt recognizes him that's like ah oh. Plot I, think, I, I think foul play is afoot. I smell stupidity. I'm not the idiot anymore. Well, there can be more than one idiot. I am the observer of idiocracy. It's an all right movie. <laughs> Anyways, uh, wait, what? Idiocracy. Oh, oh, it's an all right movie. Is that what you said? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, welcome, lady. Welcome to our new podcast. Oh, we break down idiocracy. We break down all of Mike Judge's work. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, back to Perry and Platypus on the Dr. Phil type show. Uh, it's it's like basically couples counseling in front of a live audience made up of other evil geniuses and their animal counterparts. And uh, one of the reasons, like, I just, I just think it's fucking genius. To, I think it's hilarious because, you know, the the Dr. Phil type character is talking to Doofenshmirtz and, and Perry and Doofenshmirtz is like, I've, I've made the mistake. Take me back. And, you know, he, he was talking about how, how Peter the Panda was a mistake. And, and the Dr. Phil type character is like, well, what if I told you Peter the Panda's backstage right now? And it cuts to a live feed of Peter standing backstage. And it's just like, what's the, what's the show? What's the other show? Uh, daytime television. It's for like, you are not the father. Is that Maury? I, I don't know. Marie, Maury, yeah. Uh, the Maury show or whatever. Let me... Yeah, more it's like it also had those vibes, definitely. Um, uh, and that was our second gap for people to take a break, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, no, it was just it was like, uh, of all the of all the little bits in the show so far, I think this might have been one of my favorites actually. Um, because it shows that you know, no matter no matter who you are, you know in a relationship, out of relationship, just friends with someone, having trouble with family member or your own evil genius and you need to reconcile with your nemesis. All that it takes is some simple communication to solve your problems. Of course, it does turn out that Dr. Doofenshmirtz was plotting this entire time. Which really uh, must mean he genuinely is an evil genius. Yes, but I wanted to talk about his plan this episode, yeah. which is to f- use his Freezenator to turn all of the secret agents that have shown up to this Maury-esque, Dr. Phil-esque show into chess pieces mm-hmm. for his giant chessboard. Yeah. This just seems impractical to me. 
Mm-hmm. I think that uh, if you wanted to make a giant chessboard, just make a giant chessboard. You, you clearly yeah. have the funds to do that. And also, just I don't understand the practicality of a giant chessboard because then you have to like, those pieces are going to be so heavy. You're going to like put out your back. You've Wait already got the slouch. Wait a second. What piece would Perry be on Dr. Doofenshmirtz's chessboard? I feel like That's Perry the thing would too. Be- it, there's, there's not like two of each animal. This isn't Noah's Ark. Uh, there, there's, there's one of each. So it, you, if you had two rooks, how would you differentiate? Like, how would you know what are the rooks and what are the knights and stuff? Maybe it's predator versus prey, you know? That's um, one way to do it. Well, that's, that's how you would do sides. But still, like, there aren't, like, two ducks, two foxes. Like, fair enough. It's only one of each. Yeah, that's true. I Which feel like seems this- to me to be very, like, you know, forced uh, in, in diversity. Uh, yeah, forced diversity. Secret. I mean, he could he could pose them, I guess, before freezing them. But uh, yeah, at the same time, might as well be taxidermy. Like yeah. again, the animal cruelty. I mean, they're the basically roof in this episode. They're Literally. stuffed with organs. Yeah, like, I assume that the freezinator would like uh, keep them preserved. Like they wouldn't just rot. I don't know. Oh, woo! I just. Thank you. Wow. That was, that was a sneeze. You know, sometimes you sneeze and then other times you sneeze and you're like, wow, that like scratched the sneeze. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was a good sneeze. Uh, No. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, but yeah. So, so luckily though, uh, Doofenshmirtz has a stroke of you know, his conscious is a stroke. A little bit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a, a stroke. Stroke and, so he goes from Patty the Platypus to Oh, uh, that's that's really in poor taste, Jaden. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, that's Come right. on. But, it's well, all right yeah, to make yeah. stroke jokes, but impersonating someone with a stroke. Yeah. Crossing uh, the line. Not my not my not my strongest moment. I do apologize. I do apologize. But um anyways, Doofenshmirtz he grows a conscious all of a sudden he's like you know i don't feel good i need to talk to i need to talk to peter the panda really quick before i freeze all of you and so he goes over to peter the panda and what does peter the panda do he kicks him in the face and he breaks free of the restraints that were holding him down and uh perry does the same um saving the animals uh and then shooting the the freezinator ray into the sky now meanwhile Let's jump back in time. We're in prehistoric times. I mean, where, did you have time? Yeah, back in time. Uh, the uh, Phineas and Co. They're stranded, and then bam, Isabel and the Fireside Scouts show up, ready to take home Phineas, Ferb, and Candace. And what do they do? They can't go home because the machine needed to be plugged into the wall. Which is, yeah, something that they should have thought of. A dramatic but, oversight, if you ask they, me. It's a very big oversight. But luckily, you know, they do reference it. It's like, oh, we should have thought of that. Um, The thing that I wanted to talk about is uh, the way that they do get back is that Candace picks up the plug and starts screaming. And then she gets struck by lightning, which electrocutes her so hard that you can see her skeleton. Yeah, she turns into the Bride of Frankenstein. And she turns into the Bride of Frankenstein. But that would kill her, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There is not a doubt in my mind that Candace would be fried like a fried egg. I don't know. Maybe she did some Uncle Iroh, you know, lightning jujitsu and just like let it come in one arm and sent it out the other. She directed lightning, you know? 
some avatar the last airbender for you yeah yeah i don't know i find okay that. yeah oh, okay 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 splitting hairs but yeah so they teleport back who do they bring with them the t-rex somehow yeah which it doesn't really chasing... make sense yeah it, uh, exactly it wasn't close enough and like everyone who was transported back in time was touching the machine yeah and then suddenly the t-rex is there like whatever whatever but the t-rex is chasing candace through the museum and suddenly out of nowhere this freeze ray comes back down well it actually they show how it comes back down it hits, oh, it hits a satellite, it hits a satellite. Right? yeah, yeah it bounces off right. of a satellite yeah which is completely believable i yeah. you know i have no issues with that at all yeah yeah but satellites I, do have a good relationship with innators yeah yeah, yeah. but uh it, it shoots back down and it freezes the t-rex perfectly it was standing right on a display place and everything it was perfect but let's for a second assume that the freezinator does not freeze your organs it simply just freezes you in place that poor t-rex will die standing there and no one knowing the wiser a major monogram too because oh my god because there was no we never see any like undo for the freezinator yeah right we never see that resolved. Yeah. Wait, actually, we know it doesn't freeze their organs because Major Monogram yes. at the top of the episode, he's like, <laughs> yeah, you can hear his voice, like his vocal folds are, are, yeah. are vibrating. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I guess that means that the T-Rex is going to die. T-Rex is going to die a slow and painful death. Yeah. Of people just being like, wow, look at this T-Rex. Let me take a picture of that. Yeah. That's really, that's awful. Yeah. I mean, the T-Rex is just a creature of nature. It didn't do anything wrong. Exactly. All it, it wanted it, to do was eat dinner. Yeah. It's just hungry. Yeah. It's got those <laughs> tiny arms. Yeah. And now, I mean, like heaven forbid, it's just chilling in the museum, watching people walk by with their food from the cafeteria. Well, not from the cafeteria, from the middle of the museum. <laughs> from the middle of the museum. But imagine, imagine if that dinosaur saw dino chicken nuggets. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it would be horrified. Be like, those are my children. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Chickens, literally. Ancestors yeah. of the of the T-Rex and other dinosaurs. Uh, I mean, not specifically the T-Rex, but still. Uh, chickens or dinosaurs um yeah. yeah wow so i have two two last notes yes please Notes 20 and 21 yeah uh so when they arrive back at the museum mm -hmm. they see a painting of cavemen what do the cavemen have on their heads turtles turtles tortugas they're they wearing turtles as helmets mm -hmm. but here's my question how did they know to wear How? the turtles as helmets just from that's Phineas and Ferb doing it? That's true. Is this, is this show implying, are they actually implying that that cavemen lived at the same time as dinosaurs? That's historically inaccurate. They were separated by millions of years. Yeah. Uh, except of course, for the wonderful movie starring Ringo Starr, Caveman. Uh, in which cavemen do interact with dinosaurs. Masterful film, actually. I think peak of cinema. I think that one takes place in a separate uh, timeline, though. So that's, yeah, that's yeah, a, yeah. That's true. That's true. Uh, and the Flintstones <clears throat> as well. Yeah. <laughs> this is a show that has. I don't have any issues with the Flintstones, by the way. There's not a single thing in that show 
and I, you could put me on the record of saying this. There's not a single inaccuracy in that show. In why, of- <laughs> why are we here breaking down Phineas and Ferb when we could be talking about the Flintstones? No, I'm saying there's nothing wrong with the Flintstones. So there's nothing worth talking about? There's nothing. Yeah, there's absolutely nothing to say that you could say is unrealistic in the Flintstones. It's fair enough. I do think the uh, the modes of transportation too are fairly straightforward. Yeah, it's practical, really. However, what doesn't really strike me is that, you know, Fred Flintstone seems to be a little bit uh, heavier set. Um, but when you take into account that, you know, in order to use their cars, they're using their their feet. That's like incredible cardiovascular workout. I feel like Fred would well, be in better shape. Yes, but also if you'll remember in the opening sequence, he goes to the uh, drive-in diner and uh, orders a, a, a dinosaur leg that's like the size of his car. That's true. That's so, true. So he's, he's, he's definitely, uh, his caloric count is high so yeah. while he might look fat it's probably like sheer muscle right yeah i was just gonna say a lot of muscle yeah yeah um <clears throat> so yeah and, uh let's get to my last note this we've actually surprisingly this episode's been going pretty long i mean i, think I was gonna be, say we're almost at an hour we're oh yeah we're almost at an hour i think it might still be our shortest episode by the end but yeah. but hey we did it we got yeah. it. We got through it. Yeah. And it was, it was only somewhat painful. Yeah. Um, but like my last vaccine, my last, yeah. Like getting the vaccine, uh, <laughs> my last note. So the post credit sequence or the credit sequence. Yes. Yeah. Um, Richard O'Brien, who is, I'm just calling him Richard O'Brien now. Cause I don't know the father's name. Mm-hmm. Um, Richard O'Brien is uh, at home in the middle of the night playing over the last couple of seconds of the the museum tape where, where they say fossils and there's a little musical uh sting dun, uh, dun, dun. yeah exactly uh and he just keeps playing it over and over why would they let him keep the tape who knows he you, who knows? usually you just rent the tape out like the headsets too like that's that's costing the museum money if they're just giving that stuff away yeah it only costs also- five dollars right yeah. Can we acknowledge that Lindana though looked at him with such such love and affection in that moment? Like, yes, it woke her up, but when she turned around, what did she have on her face? A smile. She watched her husband just say, Fossils. Dun dun dun. Fossils. Dun dun dun. Okay, you don't need to do the whole thing. It's... Fossils. Oh, God. Dun dun dun. <sighs> okay, are you done? And there's awesome. another one of those silences. <laughs> there's another silence. Uh, yeah. Because uh, I'm done. That's all I have to say. Done, done, done? No. Yeah, that was, that was a poor joke. Uh, just like my stroke jerk earlier. Yeah. I, <laughs> I feel bad. I do. I do regret that. In the comments um, on the YouTube on the YouTube upload of, of this podcast, say which joke you thought was worse. Uh, and that way we'll know that you listened to the full episode. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. Was and it the I, stroke joke or was it Jaden going dun, dun, dun? I do, which I apologize for both, but mostly the stroke joke. Um, yeah. um, but I, I do feel like my Doofenshmirtz impression is getting better. It is, uh, yeah. Bury the platypus! My prison it all! Bury the platypus! It needs to be, yeah, that's that's better. It needs to be, bury the platypus! Yeah, I'll work um, on it. Yeah. So that this has been uh, the seventh episode of uh, Furby Enthusiasm.
it's about time and it is about time it's about time it's about time to end the podcast yeah. Uh, you can find us on uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, yeah. on YouTube. Leave yeah. us a like, a comment, a rating. Give us five stars. Leave a review, but only a good one. Yeah. Don't tell leave us a bad review. That tell would your be, father about it. Tell, tell, yeah, tell people about it. about it. Spread the word. Tell your brother about it. Share Spread it the verb word. Share it. Um, you, what we want you to do is say, hey, there's a podcast I really want to show you. And your friend will be like, oh, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, yeah, share it with me later. And just stare at them until they realize, oh, you you meant right now. And then without saying anything else, you play the podcast for them. And then, yeah, just stare at them. We would really like appreciate hour. that. Yeah, yeah, you should do that. You should do that. Yeah. So <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> Don't you wish you had a time machine so you could travel back to <laughs> the beginning of the episode and listen to the whole thing again? Yeah. Oh wait, you can. It's called the 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 scrub, the restart button, the restart replay. button. Yeah, replay. Yeah, especially if it's on YouTube, just replay this video. Yeah, but yeah. All right. Okay. All right. See you next week. See you next week. <laughs>